Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Today, we want to talk about one of the most popular, if not the most common aircraft that we fly in general aviation, Cessnas. Cessna has been making airplanes since 1927 and have been producing some of their lines for over 60 years. Some people that aren't as familiar with Cessnas may only know them for the most common airplane, the Cessna 172. It's one that I've trained on quite a bit and I've trained a lot of students on, but they actually make a ton of different airplanes, big, small, everything in between. And we're actually going to touch on a bunch of the nose wheel models that they make today. Yeah, I feel like we should start off with some of the ones we see the most, um, you know, the single engine models, and they can be broken down two categories, nose wheel, known as tricycle landing gear, and tail wheel, known as conventional landing gear. And I'm just going to list them all before we get into them. So some of their nose wheel planes include the Cessna 150, 152, 162, 172, 175, 177, 205, 206, 207, and 208. Yeah, that's quite a few different models, and these are only their nose wheel aircraft. There's a ton of other ones and jets and all sorts of things. But the 150 and 152 are really popular training airplanes uh, with their single engine and two-seat configuration. Uh, Over 7,500 152s were produced. What's really crazy about that is almost 24,000 Cessna 150s were made, which makes it actually the fifth most produced aircraft ever in all of history. And I have a kind of a a funny uh, story about a 150, 152. I don't remember which one it was in, but I think it was a 152. And uh, this flight school that I knew out of San Bernardino, they asked me to fly an airplane for them. It it got stuck in Riverside and and they didn't have anybody to fly it over to uh, Chino for some reason. Maybe it was getting maintenance or something. Uh, But it was the first time I ever flew a 152 and uh, I figured it's just a smaller 172, right? Well, I take off and all of a sudden the the door pops open and the window pops open. And I'm just thinking, what just happened? And uh, I guess it needed maintenance on that, obviously. Uh, so I got it over there. It was really uh, uneventful flight, but it, it teaches you, you never know what to expect uh, in an airplane when you take off. And uh, it was a really fun little airplane to fly. It was really tiny, tiny and small. It was the smallest airplane I ever flew at that point. Um, and I'm glad I was by myself because I'm not a small guy and that is a very, very small cockpit. That's for sure. But I know Carson, you want to talk about a, a Skycatcher, huh? Yeah. The Skycatcher is actually pretty rare find. Uh, only 275 were made and it's a really interesting one. Uh, the first one that was actually delivered was to the, uh, the CEO of Cessna's wife. So she actually bought one of those and they ran some production issues. There was one first one they wanted to make in China. And they were having so many issues, and they were projecting they were going to make three or four hundred a year. It was going to be like the new one seventy two. So everyone's really excited about it, and they had tons of orders. Um, I think right off, right off the bat, they had about twelve hundred ordered, and they ended up making thirty a year, having a ton of ton of different issues with it. So about five years into the project, they just stopped the whole thing altogether. Yeah, that's crazy. I I also know I read an article. I think it was a couple years ago at this point, and they actually crushed all the remaining models of the Skycatcher instead of even selling them because they couldn't sell them. I thought that was just insane for a business model. I mean, it's just, why would you go crush all those perfectly good airplanes when you could just keep them around and either sell them or even sell the parts for them, right? Yeah, poor private pilot like me would love to have one of those. <laughs> instead, it's got crushed, unfortunately. <laughs> it got crushed. 
So, Brandon, you know, the next most popular one, which is, I want to say it's pretty high up there, one, two, or three at least on the list of most produced airplanes, and it's the 172. So, I know you want to talk about it. Why don't you get to tell everyone about it? The 172 is number one, uh, number one most manufactured aircraft there is. The Cessna 172 Skyhawk is what, what I believe is by far the most commonly seen and flown trainer uh, plane for quite a long time. Uh, while many people these days are getting into pretty advanced planes for their training, uh, the Cessna 172 is a really popular trainer. I mean, uh, they make them in TAA, techn- uh, Technology uh, Advanced Aircraft. They also make them in steam gauges still. You can buy them in, in lots of configurations, new, old, everything in between. And over 44,000 have been produced since 1956, and there are a lot of different variations from 1956. I've flown 1956 models. I've flown 60s models, and they're, they vary quite a bit. I've also uh, flown 70s, 80s, 90s, and uh, late model 2000s, uh, different 172s, and they are fantastic aircraft. They all pretty much fly the same. Um, some of the earlier models fly a little differently, and, and the difference in engines is probably the most prevalent nowadays, but I'll tell you this, it is absolutely perfect for training or even personal use being a a small four-seater airplane. Another airplane that we want to talk about is is an airplane that is not very common. It's a Cessna 175 Skylark. It's it's another uncommon uh, single-engine Cessna where they decided to deviate from the norm and use a geared Continental engine instead of the common direct drive engine. It ran at a higher RPM than most airplanes, and many pilots were not familiar with the gear reduction engines. Um, it ran the engine at a standard lower RPM, and a lot of people felt it was unreliable because of it. Only 2,100 were ever produced, um, but it wasn't too different from the 172 when you look at the specs for it. I've been around these airplanes, and I know people have done pre-buys on them because they think, hey, I can get this airplane a lot cheaper than a 172, and it's really similar. I know a lot of people who have worked on them and been around them, and those geared engines are really a pain in the butt to deal with. Um, they cost a lot more money. Uh, there are a lot more things can go wrong. So I think eventually those will probably just all go away. And since they didn't build enough 175 Skylarks, the problem is uh, I don't think there's any STCs to change over the engines from the geared engine to, uh, to either a non-geared continental or a Lycoming, which would have been really nice. Yeah. The 175, uh, it looks just like a 172. There's really not too much different. It's cruised about the same speed. And, you know, I actually was looking at it, and they do have a couple different STCs that you can switch it over. Uh, when I was just doing the research, they're, they're actually able to switch it out. So people were keeping the body, but just switching out what's under the cowling, and um, they're pretty happy with it. But a lot of people, though, just, just scrapped them, just just left it someone else's problem. And that's why you don't see too many, aside from the fact that there was already 2,100 to begin with. That's cool. I didn't realize there was an STC for that. So uh, always learning something every day. That's awesome. Yeah, the the 177, the Cessna 177 Cardinal. It's a really looking, really interesting looking airplane. Uh, it looks just like a 172, but it doesn't have struts. So the the whole thing of the 172 is it looks exactly the same as as a lot of the other Cessnas. And the 177 is is just a whole different thing. Uh, it was pretty much intended to integrate new technology. Uh, it has a cantilever cantilever wing with no struts. Uh, new laminar flow airfoil. So they were really hoping that it was going to replace the 172. And it's particularly cool looking. It doesn't have the struts, so it kind of gives the pilot a completely unobstructed view. Uh, it doesn't have the struts, and it has a more aft-mounted wing. So it's perfect for aerial photography and uh, and just a bunch of just, just awesome things like that. 
and it became pretty unpopular. It was underpowered, and a lot of the pilots were switching to it because Cessna was selling it off as the new 172. Uh, pretty easy transition. It's just switch on over to it. And when they switched to it, they found it was a lot more challenging to fly than they were used to. So it just had a lot of bad reviews, and one pilot told another one they didn't like it, and pretty much failed the whole project. Yeah, the, the Cardinal is actually a really neat airplane. I, I honestly don't get where people have gotten a bad rap with it. I've flown a Cardinal several times. Uh, there's several people around here that have them. And the Cardinals have a really, really big uh, following. Uh, everyone who flies them nowadays love them. I honestly, I don't, I don't see the difference really in the 172 and the 177 and how to fly them, except for kind of where you sit at it on it. It just... I, I like the airplane. It flies well. I do think it's a little too slow uh, for my liking. If you're going to go step into a different, different type of airplane, I would want something a little faster. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's a beautiful looking airplane. I don't know why, why it wasn't so popular back in the day, but I sure do like it now. And if you ever want to go step up to a different type of aircraft, you could, you could also step up to a 182. And I would say it's probably a really common airplane that people buy as their first airplane because a lot of people want a little bit more power, go a little faster, a little bit more complex. So they'll go for a Cessna 182. And it's, it flies like a big 172. It just flies heavier. Um, you got to use a lot more trim in that airplane for sure. Um, some 182s I've flown, you actually run out of trim on short final uh, for you to to get to the perfect airspeed for landing. It's a pretty neat, uh, neat airplane. And it's one of my favorites. I've bought and sold several of them. And, uh, I've got several friends that have 182s and I even fly and uh, tow some gliders with a 182, believe it or not, uh, out in Hemet. Uh, so that's always a blast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going up and above the, the 175, 177, 182, there's actually the, the big ones. It's when we start getting to the 200 series, and we can group the Cessna 206, 207, and 208 together uh, under the name the Cessna Stationaire. And it's a really useful airplane. People have found a ton of different jobs and uses for it. It can be used from everything from aerial photography, skydiving. You can even outfit it to be an amphibious airplane. Uh, not as nice as the Icon is, but, you know, pretty cool. <laughs> and you can soup it up for, a, for luxury personal transport. So a lot of people use it as a business airplane to fly themselves and or other people around. And for a single engine, it has a 1,500-pound useful load, cruises at 142 knots, can go up to 15,700 feet, and carry up to five people. So it's a pretty cool airplane all around, and definitely a step up from all the 100 series the Cessna has. I really like those uh, 200 series airplanes. Uh, I've flown a few of them. Uh, I haven't flown a, a caravan yet. That's on my list. Uh, but I've flown a couple 206s, and... Uh, they're just, they feel like a big 172, just a little heavier and they go a little faster. Uh, I think it's a fantastic airplane to kind of step up into. If I was a person who wanted a high wing aircraft and I want to step into something larger and I've already owned or flown something before, like a 172, I wouldn't just step to the 182. I'd probably go the 206 route. Uh, it just holds a lot more weight, goes a lot faster. Fantastic, fantastic aircraft. Yeah. You know, I've flown in a bunch of different ones. I've flown old 182s and a flown 2018 182 and i think that these these really older ones i've uh, flown i think it was a something in the 70s uh 206 it was a beautiful plane to fly in it was, it was pretty fast and it was it was a powerful little plane so i can see why people like it and enjoy it but going a step above when we get to uh pass the station air we're going to talk about the caravan brandon you want to tell us about that i know it's on your list i know it's been something you want to fly and fly and look at so why don't you tell everyone about how cool that one is? 
The caravan is a workhorse for many companies being used for flight training, commuter airlines, air cargo, and really everything in between. Uh, with some countries like Iraq and Lebanon even using them for their military, and I can attest there's other countries that use it for their military as well or transport aircrafts. It can even have one or two pilots. It can carry nine to 13 people, have a 3,300 pound useful load, uh, all while cruising at 180 knots. So it may not be the fastest aircraft around, but it can definitely hold a bunch of weight and it can transport a lot of people. Uh, I know uh, I've had some friends that have, have left and went over to airlines and commuter airlines, a lot of them in Hawaii. Uh, I know uh, one of my friends, Louie, and I'm sure he'll be on the podcast one day. He actually went to go fly caravans in Hawaii. And uh, that was a really, really neat uh, experience for him. And uh, I know another pilot's been flying caravans, and uh, that was actually a previous uh, person we've had on the podcast, Chris Cirillo. He was he really loved that airplane, and uh, he told me a bunch of awesome things when he worked at FedEx uh, flying that thing around. Yeah, FedEx flies a lot of those. Uh, they, they fly them out of Ontario, I think, usually. And I've seen a bunch of their, their grand caravans coming out of there. And it's a pretty cool plane. Definitely want to fly it. And going into my flight training, I knew exactly one airplane. I knew the Cessna 172, and I had no idea Cessna had just such a wide array of aircraft with a million different uses. And while we only discuss Cessna's single-engine nose wheels today, join us next time for part two as we discuss Cessna's tailwheel lineup and Cessna's multi-engine models as well. Now you're talking my language, Carson. I cannot wait to talk about multis and uh, and tailwheels alike. Those are some of my favorite types of airplanes. So I'm looking forward to that next one when we, when we put out that podcast. If you'd like to reach out to either one of us, you can reach us at Twitter or Instagram. You can reach me at Mr. Martini Guy. You can reach Carson at Carson underscore AV17. And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. Thanks, guys.